the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K Show. It is Friday Eve. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, indeed. What a rough week it's been from a variety of different fronts. And it seems like when it comes to the speaker situation, we still don't have a resolution here. And we are going to share with you the back and forth that's going on. I feel like I'm watching a tennis match and mother, sister, mother, sister, mother, daughter, or whatever that movie was back that uh, my parents used to watch when I was a kid. Uh, Literally, I'm about to get on a plane and go to D.C. and start pimp slapping some people, okay, because it's absolutely ridiculous what's happening with the Republican Party, and we're going to get into some of that tonight. Joe Biden is supposed to be speaking. I don't know if he is or not right now, because you know what? I cannot be bothered to listen to him. This is the same president who on a plane after he got snubbed on a Mideast trip no wonder he got snubbed. That Joe Biden actually said, I'm, I, I, I don't even remember if I played this clip on last night's show because I was brain dead. By the way, thank you for all the prayers and thoughts. Doing a little bit better today. But anyway, this is the guy last night who actually said when he was asked about the misfired Hamas rocket that landed on a hospital parking lot that the terrorists need to aim better. Okay, so is that somebody that I'm going to be listening to tonight as he goes in front of the people with supposedly some kind of address to be asking for a bundled package of, quote, aid to, you know, Ukraine and and all of this? We're going to talk about it tonight, but I'm not interested in hearing anything he has to say. Absolutely not. Other breaking news today includes the fact that Sidney Powell, one of Trump's attorneys, actually pled guilty today in a Georgia courtroom. And we've got Tom DeBocaro to going to come on as a, a attorney and political commentator to give the legal breakdown and analysis, because according to reports, she has agreed to testify as a part of this deal. Have they gotten a high level person to flip against Trump? And what does this mean for him going forward? So we're going to talk to Tom DeBocaro about that. Those topics and more. Don't forget our podcast. Stifling a sneeze. Hang on. Um, don't forget our podcast. You can download it wherever you get your pods and email me at andreakshow.com. Our 24 hour hotline, 844-814-5227. Got to bring in my boy, the yummy, spicy, always delicious, always. You know, when you eat in sesame broccolini, you're not just getting something yummy. You're also getting little pearls, little tiny spicy bites of wisdom. It's DJ Sesame Broccolini. You got it, dude. Sesame broccolini. Mm, yummy. <laughs> if you do decide to go to Washington, D.C. to help yes. the GOP get its act together, then I'm going with you and we're flying first class. 
Yeah, you know what? And and <laughs> yeah, we're flying first class and we're not signing any loans to the government to pay for it. They need to be paying for our tickets back there. So does the Republican Party. We're Ron also not flying United, um, just to throw that in yeah. there as well. Not United, please. <laughs> okay. There may be updates as we speak right now. So this morning we expected there to be another vote for Jim Jordan. Uh, Kevin McCarthy had gone through about 15 votes before he was finally voted in as Speaker of the House. So, And part of that agreement, as we've talked about ad nauseum, is that the motion to vacate would be put back in. And he ended up, after 15 votes, assuming the role of Speaker. So um, after he was removed, this pro temp McHenry dude called for a week recess. The Republican Party should have never gone along with it. Time kills all deals. It's one of the things we say in corporate America. Time kills all deals. And it gave the establishment, the rhinos, the uniparty, the time they needed to start picking apart and pushing and coming up with all the different ways behind the scenes that they were going to be able to pick apart MAGA and uh, come up with false narratives, push out propaganda in the media, start working on the weak within the Republican Party excuse me, which is most of the Republican Party. Then when we came back, it started looking like it was going to be good again with Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan. Scalise completely let me down, uh, you know, in so many different ways. And in, in fact, I, you know, I knew he, he wasn't a strong conservative voice, but I didn't know he was going to humiliate LSU in the way he did, dropping out when he didn't get, you know, immediately coronated into the position and then deciding that number two, Jim Jordan, they was going to do everything he could to sabotage him. Let me tell you something, Steve Scalise. I hope you have a taste tester next time you're eating some gumbo in New Orleans. Okay. To see what this Republican Party has done in the past couple of weeks is astounding. One of the mistakes Jim Jordan made when we're thinking about time kills all deals is because after he got the first vote, after the Republican Party and MAGA and the eight people allowed them to pull, pull a recess, and McHenry is McCarthy's boy, then after Steve Scalise backed out like he did, they should have immediately called for another vote. And when Jim Jordan didn't get the full votes immediately, call for another one right then and there and call for another vote. Instead, they give time for people like uh, what's his face, Ken Buck, to go on, on the legacy media and mock the Republicans and mock Jim Jordan and brag that he voted for Tom Emmer because he didn't like him. Pave the way for kinds of nonsense like Mike Rogers. Let me tell you guys how much must they hate you, MAGA, that a member of the Senate Arms, uh, not Senate, uh, but the Armed Forces Committee went to the Democrats and tried to cook up a backroom deal to make Hakeem Jeffries Speaker of the House. The eight people who voted, the hateful eight who voted, should have dug their heels in and said, we're not leaving here and we're going to be on the media all day, every day. And this includes Congressman Biggs, who I, I think I promised you I was going to be on the show tonight. And he canceled, promised to come on next week. Look, I get that some of them are exhausted, but you know what? I don't care. We should now, now be looking at two weeks without a speaker. They allowed McHenry to go to a recess instead of staying and being committed to doing their jobs. One, and they should, and they should have stayed on the floor. There should have never been any private meetings, secret meetings behind closed doors. We have the right to know who's voting for what and who, and who's doing what. And after Jim Jordan didn't get the first round, he should have called for a second vote. And when he didn't get the second, he should have called for a third and do it all publicly. Instead, I'm seeing notes 
um, being passed around the halls of Congress that he was leaving notes, sliding notes under the doors. I don't know if you heard this, Sesame Broccolini, saying, what's the real reason? What's the real reason? Why are you ha- why are you having that communication via paper? And Jim Jordan's in the halls today. So then what happened? So Jordan was supposed to have a third vote today. Then we hear mounting pressure from people saying, well, the solution is to just, you know, we're, you know, no, Jim Jordan's never going to be able to get the votes. Really? We'll prove it. Have them down there voting 24 hours a day and show everybody, show the Republican Party why he can't get 20, 217 votes. Instead, Jim Jordan announces today that he's going to can still he's still going to vote. He's still going to um, be in the running for Speaker of the House, but he's going to back some notion that pro tem interim McHenry will take over the gavel through January. I think I, I think Sesame, we actually pulled the clip of him saying that Representative Jordan saying, I'm still running for speaker and I plan to go to the floor and get the votes to it's it's so insane. If you can play that, please. So I'll just say this. We made the we made the pitch to um, members on the resolution as a way to lower the temperature and get back to work. Uh, We decided that wasn't where we're going to go. I'm still running for speaker and I plan to go to the floor. Uh, and get the votes and win this race. But I want to go talk with a, a few of my colleagues. Particularly, I want to talk with the 20 individuals who voted against me um, so that we can move forward and begin to work for the American people. Are you going to the floor today, sir? Are you going to the floor today? So, uh, you know, so now... Are we going with this interim thing or are we not? Why would Jim Jordan even go along with that? Because now the word is they're realizing that there's unconstitutional issues with this. Matt Gates has come out today and said, I don't want to speak or light any more than I want Bud Light. I mean, I, I'm suffering from a really bad kidney infection and a ha- I've got half my brain functioning. Maybe Sesame Broccolini, you can help me to understand why Jim Jordan even allowed anybody to whisper in his ear that idea of an interim and why he would go along with it. Uh, look, I think probably because he's, he's trying to buy himself time because he doesn't know exactly how he's going to win over these holdouts. He doesn't know exactly what, what to do in that regard. And that's, that's, that's fair. He's in a tough spot right now. Uh, I don't think he was expecting Kevin McCarthy to actually be ousted. I think a lot of people were, were betting against that. I don't remember if Jim Jordan voted to oust Kevin McCarthy, but what I will say is there's going to be another vote tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. At least that's what is being reported. And Jim Jordan, look, it's a long shot at this point. Honestly, he's facing a lot of pressure to drop out. And I do think, again, I don't think the recess was smart. I think it was a great example of how Republicans, we talk about this a lot, Republicans don't know how to use their power once they're in power. It's like once Republicans finally gain control of the gavel in Congress, they all look at each other wide-eyed and say, what do we do next? How do we actually use the sword? Whereas Pelosi, you know, impeached Trump twice and they were both bogus, but she went right to it. She was very aggressive and the Democrats are very aggressive and they're united. And that is that is a real threat right now. The Republican Party is clearly going through a, a divide between the establishment R's and the America First types. I'm an America First type. Um, I, I'd like to see a real conservative in that position. At the same time, we're going on nearly three weeks without a speaker, and uh, time is of the essence. So, clock's ticking, boys. I don't know what you're thinking, but uh, please, tomorrow morning, let that be the last round of votes. I mean, this is just like death by it's, a thousand cuts. Or you don't leave the floor until you get it done. And it needs to be Jim Jordan. Yeah. 
right? It needs to be Jim Jordan. That's who the Republican Party, that's who the Republican voters want. The, the, well, that's uh, certainly the, what the people want. Yeah, that's what the constituents that's what the want. People want. That's clear. And when we have and when we have creeps like Mike Rogers going behind the scenes trying to cook up Hakeem Jeffries, which is a Nancy Pelosi's little, you know, protege and asking, you know, Democrats, what, what concessions are you willing to give us behind the scenes to do that? That's how much they hate me. That's how much they hate MAGA. That's how much they they hate what they hate is that and what they're fighting for. They're fighting against us. Who are we fighting against in this country as MAGA, as America first patriots in this country, which is Republicans, Democrats and independents? We are realizing here that we're fighting against our Republican Party. And some of these Republicans coming out and saying that the reason for not wanting to vote for Jim Jordan, he's sliding notes under the door saying, what's the real reason? Well, some of it, the real reason is because they're really Democrats with an R in front of their name. Uh, some of them are just really there to collect the pension and have the glory of the power of, of being in Congress. Some of them are corrupt and don't want Jim Jordan in, in any accountability. And some of them are lazy. Um, but to, to, to hear some of them say that the reason is because they don't like the campaign, that he's being a little too aggressive. What? You know, it reminds me, I, I'm going to use a really twisted analogy. One time um, we lost a deal in when I was doing outsourcing because the, the it was Hewlett Packard because they didn't like the proposal that my boss typed. They thought we were the best company to do the job, but they didn't like the document that presented the plan. And I can remember sitting there thinking, and and it wasn't my pitch. It wasn't my proposal. I remember sitting there thinking, "Oh my gosh, these th- this is Hewlett Packard. This is the level of morosity and mind numbingly stupid people I'm dealing with here at Hewlett Packard. That they're not going to give this incredibly complicated outsourced deal to the best people because they don't like the presentation that my boss did. This is what we're dealing with here. We're dealing with people that are so far removed." from the actual taxpayers, from the actual voters. They're so within their bubble and within the beltway that they're so narcissistic and sociopathic. They are abusive of the voters at this point. And and I'm actually angry tonight at Jim Jordan. I'm angry at Matt Gates because quite frankly, if Matt Gates was going to pull the trigger on this, he didn't have to have a plan necessarily. I don't agree with that criticism of him of who was going to be speaker, but he needed to have the eight people who voted to remove him, needed to have the chutzpah, the backbone, the energy, and the determination to say, we're not taking a recess. We're not, don't even come to me with this nonsense of an interim because that is the same crap that why we did the motion to vacate. Why would Jim Jordan even entertain that? And through January, that's just like these continuing resolutions with no budget. All that does is put McCarthy back in power and continues the problem for another year. And by January of next year, we're done as a nation done. We're going to take a break. I need a break. I'm going to go get a little cup of coffee, hopefully re-energize my batteries, and I'll be back after the break. Don't go away. Andrea Kay, telling you like it is while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. We were just talking about the Speaker of the House debacle going on. This is what doesn't need to be a debacle. They did the motion to vacate. We've got great people like Jim Jordan willing to do the job. This is the Republican Party snatching victory out of the jaws of defeat or snatching defeat out of the jaws of victory, I guess the saying is. Um, it's like Trump said, everything woke turns to poop. 
you know, every time the Republicans get power, they poop all over it. Right. Sorry to be crude here, but I'm so angry and I feel so bad with my kidneys. It's like I feel like I need to fly there and and kick somebody in the kidneys. (laughs) What sport is it where they where they're allowed to kick each other in the kidneys? Is Is that like ultimate? Is that like ultimate fighting? Oh, UFC. Sure. Yeah. Anything's on limit in the cage. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And and like I, you know, boxing is like gone. When I was a kid, there used to be like Muhammad Ali, right? And they used to, and I'd be like, Joe "Daddy, Frazier. why are they punching each other in the back?" And Daddy'd be like, "That's a kidney punch." <laughs> <laughs> now it's a face punch and a foot punch and a punch punch. And- <laughs> so yeah, I feel like I need to go and do punch some people in some kidneys. Uh, you know, I, you know. I, I was there's was a lot of criticism initially against Matt Gates for the fact that he didn't have a plan. Well, you don't have to have a plan, but you just like I said, you just need to have some chutzpah that if you're going to pull the trigger on that, that the eight people who pulled it, including my dude, Congressman Biggs, you got to be willing to, you know, c- c- stay in the fight. Uh, I, I feel like Biggs and others were like, OK, we did our job now. We're going to back off. And it's like, that's not the time to back off. Now you've got now you've got to do the work of, of the replacement. Right. And I feel like things are so bad with the establishment in the Uniparty that Biggs and others of the eight kind of felt like, well, I don't now now that I pulled the trigger, if I go forward and push for Jordan, that's going to really make things hard for Jordan when it shouldn't be. That's how evil and demonic the establishment we're talking about. They should have said, no, we're not going along with recesses. They thought that it was maybe going to give their people, the Jim Jordans or whatever, an opportunity to go and drum up votes. But time kills all deals. All that's happened is this extended time has given the establishment, the Uniparty, more time to pull crap like i am not believing for a second first of all we heard that there were death threats for example they came in the form of text messages against bacon because he didn't want to vote for uh for jim jordan who believe and then i read the text messages and it's like that w- it wasn't a death threat it was tell your hubby to do his job or, or do your job man then, and then and then when that didn't necessarily run jim jordan off i mean do you, do, are you guys following the pattern you see what they're doing to jim jordan here same kind of crap that the uniparty establishment did to trump right so then when that didn't work with the text now all of a sudden we got a voicemail i don't know if you heard this sesame broccolini we got a voicemail using some cussy words at supposedly jim jordan's wife um i, I, I don't know whose brother they hired or some actor they hired to leave this voicemail. I don't believe it's real. I believe this is a false narrative. And by the way, when you're seeing more outrage today over a cussy voicemail, somebody supposedly left somebody's wife, that's causing you more of an outrage uh, than, you know, um, Rashida Tlaib yesterday calling for violence outside the Capitol. Houston, we have a major problem. Your thoughts, Sesame Broccolini. Yeah, look, I I don't think that they necessarily had to have a plan, but I do think that there was a sense of uh, accomplishment. Like, oh, we finally got Kevin McCarthy out of here. And look, that's a great first step. And honestly, I do like Jim Jordan a lot. I do respect Matt Gaetz. But we're just getting started. I mean, this is really a new chapter, I hope, for the Republican Party, for the GOP, an America first renaissance. And it starts right here. No more status quo. No more playing Mm -hmm. ball with the establishment. And that's why... 
Again, time, like you're saying, time is so critical. Every second is being funded by the taxpayer, and all we're getting is breadcrumbs and, and, and you know, uh, words and comments with media in between closed-door secretive meetings. This isn't the CIA. Mm-hmm. This isn't the FBI. This isn't Guantanamo. Okay, the American people deserve to have some transparency and some honesty. And I do just, it's like, where's the sense of work ethic? Guys, look, we, right. the days are numbered here until the next election where we could lose control of Congress. This is valuable, precious San Diego style real estate. Like, let's not waste a single minute of having yeah. control of the Congress. Now is the time to go as hard as we possibly can, drinking coffee all day long, relying on takeout. Like, this is game time right now. This is what we right. dream of. Right. We have the like we have the, the ability to fill the seat, the speaker seat. Like, let's make this a good one. We shouldn't waste it. Take your like make it a good one, but we've got one. Jordan. And he's willing to fight. And I, I do like to see that, but I'm a little torn because I don't know what the strategy is for convincing these holdouts that keep voting for Scalise and McCarthy. Like w- You dig your heels in and you say, Jim Jordan's not going anywhere. Jim Jordan's not going anywhere. And we're gonna sit here. And eat takey outy and and drink bad coffee until you finally vote for Jim Jordan. That's 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 the that's what the eight needed to do. Yep. And the conservatives need to say, we're not the ones backing down. It's a game of chicken at this point. And so far, the the establishment is winning on that game of chicken. We'll have to see what happens tomorrow. But every time you see one of the things that one of the main tactics the Republican Party uses is running out the clock. This is one of the reasons why McCarthy had to go, because he played the intentional game when we're $34 trillion in debt instead of uh, doing 12 appropriations bills and balancing the budget with budget cuts. He kicked it down the road and then said, we have to avoid a shutdown. And then, you know, the end of the fiscal year is looming. So we have to get we have to raise the debt ceiling and we have to do a continuing resolution and get and then which he got to negotiate behind closed doors and kick it down the road and give the Democrats everything that they wanted, right? And that's why the, the I was when the eight went along with that recess, I thought, what are you doing? Uh, you know, it, it would be like Patton's army going, okay, we took this, we took this hill, now we're going to stop? The war hasn't been won. What are you doing? What are you doing? I'm glad, you know, right now, I'm glad Biggs kicked to next week because I'm frustrated at Biggs as well. Because, you know, we haven't won the war yet. It would be like the United States after we took the beaches in Normandy and just stopped right there. Right. Where would the world be? And we don't have the luxury of letting McCarthy's boy McHenry be speaker for the next year. That's what they want, because they know we're out of time. They know it. We need to be on the phones to our Congress people and telling them, you vote for Jim Jordan, and I don't care who got a nasty, cussy word, voicemail. Okay, we're going to take a break. We come back. we got to shift gears to a Georgia courtroom because, shockingly, Sidney Powell pled guilty in a courtroom today, and the details of that have me a little shook. Attorney Tom DeBacaro will be with us to give the details when we return. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea Kay on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay show. You know, everybody's this morning was thinking about speaker. We're looking at what's continuing to go on in Israel. We had this insurrection of a bunch, an Arab uprising in the middle of the Capitol yesterday. And, 
kind of the eyes kind of we taking our eyes off the ball with some of these Trump cases going on in these indictments. And then all of a sudden we see today that Sidney Powell has pled guilty in the RICO cases. That is the cases out of Georgia in which Trump and I think 17 co-defendants are being charged with conspiracy to overturn the election using RICO statutes um, came as came as a bit of a surprise to me to see Sidney Powell plead guilty today. Even more surprising was seeing some of the details. And of course, I'm not an attorney, so I reached out to my favorite one, who we happen to be lucky enough to get before he heads to a concert tonight at an undisclosed location. I'm not going to give away his location or the name of the concert, but I'm sure he's going to be singing along. And it's Tom DelBacaro. Thank you for being here, my dear. Hey, great to be here. And glad to be seeing Cheap Trick tonight. Okay, what's your favorite Cheap Trick song? You know, ain't that a shame that I can't really figure one out? Um, I'm like that with some of my favorite bands. Ain't that a shame is one of their songs, Love. Maybe I should just surrender (laughs) to the fact that a great deal of their music, uh, because, you know, a lot of them are dream songs, but not the dream police. Uh, I would okay. say, <laughs> I, but I don't, um, I'll tell you an interesting story about Cheap Trick. The Flame, which was a huge hit for them, uh, Rick Nielsen hated apparently and broke the master because he didn't think it was their sound, but it revived their career. Switching to Sidney Powell, I was pretty alarmed this morning reading it as well, but someone who's been an attorney for 35 years I did read that she did not plead guilty to the RICO elements. She avoided jail time. So why would someone do that? Well, she agreed to to testify truthfully. Okay. And that may be that that she's simply going to say on certain dates, certain people said or did certain things. But the more sinister concern I have is the cost of justice that some people simply can't withstand. She's 68 years old. They Mm -hmm. were going to make her spend outrageous gobs of money. They were uh, that the jury was tilted against them, given its location. Mm -hmm. And maybe this 68 year old person of not unlimited means made a decision that she wants to live the rest of her life without the threat of jail or endless appeals while she's in jail. I can, and I can understand that. And that, that, and that to me, everybody should be looking at this and going, you know, this is what it means to have a government that's weaponized, that's using the court system as a way to punish political opponents and to force their politics onto the people. And that's what's going on here. Sidney Powell wrote a book called License to Lie about the Department of Justice. That's how I met her back in like 2009, maybe. I mean, 2010. I don't even know when she wrote this book. And um, and she basically documented this entire 
situation because Andrew Weissman that she talked about in in her book is has had has been one of the DOJ's henchmen against the Trump administration and was on Bob Mueller's uh, team. And so it's so ironic to me and maybe not that the woman who documented the lawfare and the weaponization and growing weaponization of the Department of Justice ensnared her and trapped her. And, uh, and, you know, and and got her to plead guilty because for the and then they can say, well, look, obviously Trump is guilty because look at Sidney Powell played guilty, just like Mike Flynn, even though Mike Flynn did nothing wrong. But they're able to get guilty pleas out of people just to end the pain and the misery, particularly for their family members like her husband or Mike Flynn's family. Yeah, 100 percent. Look, I actually became friends with Sidney when she was on a book tour the same I was with my book, The Divided Era. And I remember talking to her at length about this. And this tactic you describe, uh, without getting too sinister, was exactly, it was very close to what Stalin did. Stalin would, quote, investigate people or put them in jail for their actions to silence the greater assemblage of people because they feared uh, indiscriminate charges and jailings. That's how dictatorships are born. They are born of arbitrary and capricious actions or heavy hand, the heavy hand of government, which is why, of course, we rebelled, why we have a Third Amendment, and why we have a Fourth Amendment. And all of that is going by the wayside, not all at once, but drip mm-hmm. by drip, this is what is happening. And so they'll say, no, this is for the stability of the government and fair elections, which, by the way, fairness has been every dictator's claim. Mm. Interesting. So so Stalin, Lenin, uh, Mao, Hitler, Castro all used fairness. Well, that fairness is the communist, you know, manifesto, you know, equity, yes, fairness. Is- This is necessary for the stability of government. Every Mm -hmm. time, every time that's what they claim, the stability of government. That's that's how they 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 do this. Look, you look back to Venice when they created the Council of Ten, which became this premier spy network in America. I'm sorry, in Venice in the 1300s, which would be was the forerunner to all the spy networks in Europe and eventually the United States. When someone, uh, when a, uh, a guy challenged the government and it looked like the government was unstable, they created this spy network for the stability of the republic. That's, mm-hmm. that's how these things happen. They've happened over and over in history. Look, King Herod... I suspected his wife was cheating on him, had her killed and much of her family, including his own two sons by her, to secure his throne. This is what those people in power do. They want to make sure things are stable for you, but really what they want is their power to be stable. Well, it sounds as though you're talking about the speaker battle because the establishment is trying to act as though, right? Paul Ryan, 100 percent. He he they want business as usual in Washington. Well, business as usual in Washington is why we have a seven point five seven 
or 8% interest rates. Because we're in this permanent inflationary cycle, or at least as far as the eye can see, because when you get to 34 trillion in debt and you're still 1.5 trillion dollar annual deficits with no end in sight that is when you're out printing using money that's being printed faster than output grows that's where inflation comes so we're in this permanent cycle but they don't care because no, they don't they care because it's all about their own power base. It's about and and, and they, they not only don't care about the economic implications, they also don't want one of the things they they have said that they don't like about Jim Jordan is you know they're they're concerned that the impeachment is going to progress from inquiry to articles of impeachment. So this is also about wanting to continue to cover up the crimes by a sitting president and, of the United States for, and pay for Ukraine without yes. any restrictions. They, uh, we like they want a hundred billion for Ukraine and and yeah. Israel, uh, and also for money for Gaza. Like one eighth of the defense. That's like one eighth of the defense budget. So yeah, nine of the twenty richest counties surround Washington D.C. Big government is big business for these people, and if you have that's to right. suffer from inflation, well, that's just too bad. Well, listen, we've kept you, we've made you suffer when you should be in the green room and having fun before the Cheap Trick concert. You stay safe, my friend. We don't want to read about you tomorrow uh, on page six in the New York Post or on Entertainment Tonight. All right, take it easy. All right, all good. Bye-bye. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. We are going to talk about what's going on with Ukraine and Israel and beyond. Stay tuned. A.K. Dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on the answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. So Joe Biden wants an additional hundred billion dollars, not just for Ukraine, uh, but for Israel and also supposed humanitarian aid for Gaza. All right. Um, are there people dying in Gaza? Women, children, and uh, others innocently dying in Gaza? Yeah. Um, how did the 1,400 Israelis, who I watched some of the footage, but I watched some of the body cam footage yesterday and uh, last night. I hadn't seen a lot of the terrorist footage of what happened on October 7th. I watched some of it. And let me tell you, the money that has, we've been given $300 million a year over there to Palestine and that money ain't going for humanitarian aid. How do you think they funded so much of this? They love to brag right now. The Biden administration loves to brag that Iran hasn't touched the $6 billion. Okay. So where were they getting all the funds to plan all this and develop all these weapons and da, 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 da. Well, in part, they got some money from Iran, but it's also been documented that they're using money that we're given for humanitarian aid to fund their terrorist attacks, including the form of, as I've talked about, what's called the pay for slay scheme in which we're actually paying to quote rehabilitate. Well, there's a, v- a couple different ways. One way is which there's actually um, a bonus given to families who, who have a martyr in the family. So families get money in Palestinian families get money if they got a family member that goes and kills some Jews and dies in the process. And then there's the other part of the pay for slay and which we're paying for these anybody who's been jailed by Israel to get released and go to college. Right. That's insanity. They want to bundle this crap. 
because then they want to play into your heartstrings about Israel. Um, and that's why they bundled it together because they know that nobody in America wants you, this Ukraine money, any more money to Ukraine. They know we certainly are smart enough to know to not give any quote humanitarian aid to Gaza because it's just going to fund the terrorist. Uh, so if they want, they need any more money for Israel, they got, they've got to bundle in Ukraine. Right. But I want you to hear from the state spokes. Uh, I don't know who it was from the state department today who admitted, I only want to play Sesame Broccoli I think the first 30 seconds or so, in which he admits that the terrorists are likely to not use the money for humanitarian aid. I think the, the, the concern the Israeli government has, and they've said this publicly and they certainly said it privately to us, is that any assistance that goes in will be diverted once it's inside Gaza? That mm-hmm. there is not a there is not an Israeli military force in Gaza. There's not a UN peacekeeping force in Gaza. The people with guns inside Gaza are Hamas, and so Hamas may try to divert this assistance and keep it from getting to the civilians who who it is intended for. We think that's a legitimate concern. Uh, we've made clear that this aid needs to go to innocent civilians and not Hamas. We're going <laughs> to be watching it there. The- They've made clear. They're like, okay, yeah, Israel, we get it. There's a good chance. And they've got the guns. So, yeah, they can seize it. And, you know, and it's not. But we've made it clear to them. We're going to be watching now. Okay. We're going to be watching where that goes. Oh, really? Are you going to be watching them uh, take that aid and use it for the terrorist? Is that what you're going to be observing? And how are you going to be watching? Because you're the same intelligence operation that failed to stop, to intercede and stop the attack that happened in the first place. Your thoughts, Sesame Broccolini. I just see all of this taxpayer money that we don't have to spend right now because we're almost $34 trillion in debt. But I see all this taxpayer money going to to maybe Gaza now to Mm -hmm. actual terrorists. And it's like, how about we get some humanitarian aid to the people of Maui? How about we get some humanitarian aid to the people of East Palestine, Ohio? How about we actually start prioritizing the American people? It's like Mm -hmm. the government sits there all day long and they can't figure out how to balance their budget. But as soon as a crisis happens in a different country, they come out with all these moral, you know, appeals. Oh, we, we, if you have a heart, if you're a human being, Mm -hmm. you have to want to send money that you don't have have to a thing that may or may not directly affect you and your country right i don't know i just it, it's also it's like bad theater really it is this is like the, is. the b team um but i will say that i hope the american people woke up when it came to ukraine they realized we're sending all this money what's it actually going to is it making a difference the american people started to see it's not really making a difference and i hope Mm-mm. that the same thing applies here i hope that the american people stay vigilant about this about where the dollars are actually going well, yeah, and you know what? The Repu- This is one of the reasons why I'm angry at the Republican Party, because time is ticking here on this continuing resolution. They wanted the the establishment wanted this backdoor McCarthy with this interim pro tem guy taking it for the next year, because by then everything the Biden administration will want funded will have taken place and will be completely screwed. And um, they know that the American people don't want you any, any more money for Ukraine. It's it's a money laundering scheme. And they all know it and they want and they don't want the American people to know it. We still don't know how much of the money. Remember FTX, Sesame Broccolini? Oh, remember when yep. all this money went over to FTX, went over to Ukraine and Zelensky gave it to FTX. And then FTX donated a bunch of money to both Republicans and Democrats. Second What's highest going Democrat on in- donor by the amount given behind George Soros. Yes. 
And it also went to a whole lot of Republicans. So that's why they're really angry. And that's one of the main reasons why they wanted to stop Jordan, because one of the things he said in the hallway when he announced he was running was no more money for Ukraine. No more money for Ukraine, he said. And then, by the way, you're right. There's no we're not securing our border. What's this? We, nobody has been ever. The American people wised up because initially it was, oh, yeah, you know, they'd fan the flames of anti-Putin for so long. And the American people love to get behind a good military effort on the part of democracy. Right. And then they realize what that Zelensky is nothing but a dictator who shut down opposition parties who turned independent media all into one state-run media broadcast. And he's nothing but another New World Order, global reset, globalist uh, dictator. He's a communist. And that's what we're funding over there. Quite frankly, he's worse to me than Putin is. Really? We got to get our act together. We do need to get our act together, honestly. There's there's just no excuse for it anymore. And the American – the voters deserve better, and I, I hope people remember all of this when the next election season comes. And if you can, call your congresspeople tonight and, and just give them a little bit of feedback because that's really critical right now. We need to be involved in this process just as much. This is a – uh, not a spectator sport. Mm-hmm. This republic is no. not something where people sit on the sidelines. We deserve to be involved and we need to be holding ourselves accountable and holding our leaders accountable. Ideally, you know, we, we <laughs> have leaders and politicians that are honest. And I feel like politicians at one point are honest and there are some good ones in power. And you can tell because they're making the establishment very nervous. The establishment mm-hmm. knows their days are numbered. There is a movement happening in this country. Make America great again. America first. And it's not stopping tomorrow. This train, there's nothing that's going to stop this train. And they know that. So they can, they can grasp at straws all they want. The only thing that's going to take us down is ourselves. We, we, we got to get this division out of the way. We got to unite the movement. I don't know how you do it, but. And we, well, what we've got to do is we've got to tell the establishment uniparty, we're not going anywhere. You keep trying to get rid of us by trying to get rid of Trump, by allowing our fellow patriots to be thrown in gulags. Right. Denied bail, persecuted, prosecuted like what happened to uh, to Sidney Powell. I don't blame her at this point for pleading guilty and trying to end the agony that she's in. Right. Uh, Just like Michael Flynn. It doesn't mean anything was done wrong or illegal. It just meant that they were able to stomp on her neck with the jackboots of tyranny enough to get her to squeal. And that's what all of this is about. And we have to have enough guts to stand up ourselves and say, if you're not going to represent us, we are going to find somebody who will if it's not too late. And this is why we also need to get on the phone with the with with the people that that like the Congressman Biggs, like the Matt Gateses, the Marjorie Taylor Greens. And we need to tell them you need to stand tough and you need to stand strong. You didn't win the war because you removed McCarthy. Okay. You barely took the hill. You got to get back in the fight and win the war. That's your job. Or we're not going to continue to support you anymore either. That's where we're at. And speaking of war, we've got another hour of the Andrea K. Show coming up. And Gunnery Sergeant retired. Jesse Jane Duff is going to be here. Because guess what Joe Biden and the White House did to our Delta Force team? over in Israel, there to bring home the hostages. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.